Hello and welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I made it. He, he made it. I he's made here. It. I'm not late. He's, he's got a fresh haircut. He's yeah. looking good. He's looking spiffy. Uh, missing, of course, once again, the whale man, Kyle Budzanowski, but, you know, whatever. Uh, we got a lot to go over this week, Mike. A lot of stuff really hit home this week. We got... Uh, John Beeline resigning as the Cleveland Cavaliers coach just several months into his five-year contract, so he's gone. We've got uh, the Pistons buyout central going on. Reggie Jackson, he got bought out. Drummond's out of town. Markeith Morris got bought out. Lots of stuff going on there with the Pistons. And then later on the show, we got the Lions news. We got some cuts. We got some re-signings. We have another Merck Zone mock draft, like always, the number one segment on the show. And then that, we're going to close the show by not only previewing the upcoming AEW Revolution pay-per-view, but also we're going to review the NXT TakeOver uh, event that happened last week last Sunday so we got a lot of stuff to go over Mike um, you know a lot of stuff that really has you know it's all kind of somewhat central around the state of Michigan for whatever reason a lot of big Detroit sports news so let's just jump right in John Beeline resigns uh, just a couple months into a five-year deal uh, they're like 14 and 40 or something like that right at the time of his resignation he had some issues. He had that whole slug thug controversy thing. Um, had some people complaining about his coaching style. Uh, we talked originally when he left Michigan to take the Cavs job that we thought this may be a good fit because they're one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Had a lot of draft capital. You thought maybe this would be a team that could very easily um, kind of get kind of grow pretty quickly under him. He's a great mm-hmm. teacher, you know, a great guy. Uh, you know, he's known for both his offense, but then the last couple of years has been known for his defense. So, um, thoughts on John Beeline resigning as the head coach, and what do you think his future is going forward? I mean, he's almost seventy, so yeah. Um, it was it was a shocking move because I thought he would want to stay there and help develop the team more. Yeah. Um, but also on the on the flip side of things, I go the Cavs are not a place. It's kind of like New York Knicks. It's not really a place that's very helpful, and especially when you get Drummond coming there. And Drummond's like, yeah, this is awful. Yeah. And when right. like when you get a good player that says it's awful, yeah. that means you're just like I'm right. just kind of right. I, don't, I don't really want to be here anymore. Yeah. And then he resigns, and he's probably gonna go back to college or retire. I mean, he's t- and- he took up another job within the organization, which is just a fancy word to say he's gonna sit there. But- yeah. Uh, I mean, do, you, do how much blame do you put on this? You know, we've had kind of conflicting reports. You know, I know Charles Barkley came out and said that, you know, shame on the Cavs players mm-hmm. for not embracing the new style. Like, you're terrible, so I don't know why you guys are complaining, you know. Yeah. And then you've got other people saying that he kind of, you know, he tried running it too much like a college team. He's another coach, too. You talk, you talk about co- current college coaches or past ones that have had great success at the college level, Rick Pitino. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you, you name guys. Uh, you know, Coach Calipari, he was a Boston. You know, can't coach for a second there. You've got guys that have made the jump to the pros, had a really rough stint, and went right back to college and were successful all over again. Uh, does he fall in that category for you, or do you think that this situation, no matter who the coach was, was a dumpster fire? Well, I think I think whoever was going to go there was yeah. a dumpster fire, no matter what. Yeah. But I think uh, the NBA is so star driven. Yes. And Beeline's more of a everyone is an equal almost. Yes, yes, and I think absolutely. that's really where, it, especially when you get a guy like Drummond coming in, yeah. and he's like, I think I'm the best player on the team. Yeah. And Beeline's like, no, you're with everybody else. Yeah, right. You guys are yeah. very good players yeah. or whatever. I think there's it's so conflicting in mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And then... 
do you think do you think if they would have do you think if they would have had any any sort of modicum of success maybe not 500 but weren't as bad as they are do you think that that could have masked any of that or do you think that he, maybe he lasts a season but I don't think he would have ever seen a, the end no, of the five year contract no I don't think he would have seen the whole five years no like, ever yeah I, I, I think they're too bad mm-hmm. and I, I I don't think he's the right person to fix that program right. they right. need someone who's willing to sit there for that three years yeah. and like not even develop, just like get guys there. But, I feel like they thing, need you know? a guy who is just like a veteran NBA presence that everybody kind of likes, like a Mike Brown or, yeah. or a Byron Scott, a yeah. guy who's just like everybody respects him. He's never won Jack Squat, but everybody just likes the guy, mm-hmm. and he's an NBA head coach, you know, like just to sit there and go, all right, your job is to sit here and wait for us to get a better roster, and then you'll be fired, and we'll bring in a new guy. <laughs> Jason Kidd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. it's like, hey, you know, we're just going to have, because you have respect within the NBA, we're yeah. going to have you run this team, but yeah. in reality, I think B-Line David would, Fisher. Yeah, B-Line might have been better being that coach after. Yes, that, uh, coach. right, yeah. Like, like if, you, yeah. you have, like, four or five guys, like, like if he was on the Pelicans or something, mm-hmm. I think he would strive very well right. because you have that young core talent, and then all you right. got to do is you develop them and teach them really mm-hmm. how to play the game at a high level, right. and then they can be successful. Yeah. But you don't even have those guys yet in yes. Cleveland to like start building the pieces yeah. yet. So yeah. I, I don't think he's a great team builder. I think he's a good yeah. coach. And I, yeah, team. right. I think that's the thing, and I, I think, you know, it, it's difficult to go into a situation knowing you're not going to be very good. Your cap situation is terrible. It just got worse because you just brought yeah. Drummond on. You know, so you have a lot of money in your front court, and you, and it's just and there's just a lot of problems yeah. with that organization right now. So, um, do you think do you think that he tries to coach in the NCAA again, or do you think he, I don't think he tries to get into the NBA coach, coaching job? I don't think that's in the cards. I don't think for there's him. anyone that would really want him after seeing what yeah. he did in Cleveland. I don't right. think there's anyone that's like beelines the guy for us. Yeah. So I think. If he does go back to college, I don't even think he'd go. I don't. I guess I'd just say he retires. Yeah. He is like seventy. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like a good right. like. I like to see him come depart. back to Michigan to be like a consultant or something. That would like be that. awesome. Like you know, kind of what uh, uh, the Jerry Buss is doing yeah. for the uh, the Clippers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where he's like an, a finance or like an advisor to the team kind of thing. Where he's just kind of like an assistant to the AD where he's yeah. just like, let's just, I'll just help you run basketball and let Juwan do his thing. Yeah. But, well, I've always, know, I've always thought, I, I've always stuff. thought Juwan's a great recruiter. Yeah. And if, if you had like Juwan recruiting with yeah. Beeline's coaching, yeah. I think Michigan would be almost unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And so if Beeline did come back to Michigan yeah. and then even help with just like, fundamentals or whatever he right. did for Michigan to help coach that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just like a special... He's not on the staff, but he's a special not, yeah, advisor. A special advisor yeah. to help oversee right. yeah. what, be, what Howard's doing. But then Howard right. can bring in these five-star guys. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan could be one of those, like... Kentucky Duke team soon. Right. Yeah. If that if that's going to be the case, there's open, right? I can only hope for goodness' sake. We can definitely hope. <laughs> All right, let's shift now uh, from Beeline. Let's go. Let's talk Pistons here a little bit. Yes. Reggie Jackson gets bought out. Yes. Is he officially a Clipper? Has he yes. officially? He's officially. He, play, he played his first game on. Um, Friday. Friday. Okay, yes. so he's a Clipper now. He's going to make a championship run. They just bought out Markeith Morris as well. And he's uh, signing with the Lakers. He's signing with the Lakers, of course. So LA teams just like, no, just come yeah, on, take just him, give, take him give all, all the scraps. All the they're waiting for D Rose to kind of come out so yeah. they can cut Rondos. <laughs> yes, that is what they're doing. They're trying uh, to slowly just take away minutes from him too. And yeah, I was like. Wait, aren't I supposed to go out? He's like, no, 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 no
spray with a water bottle or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But um, so two veteran presents, right? Obviously, we talked about the Andre Drummond trade last week, right? He's gone. Um, you know, Marquis Moore, he was only here on a one year plus one option or deal anyway. He obviously not a long term fixture of the team, regardless. Reggie Jackson was on the last year of his deal, so they clear that space as well. Um, thoughts on them buying out, more importantly, Reggie than Mark. Markeith just got here, so that's not really the, yeah. but Mark, but Reggie's been here for five and a half years. So yeah. thoughts on him getting bought out. Was it the right, was it the right move or was it, do you think they should just let him play it out? Or are you happy that he's going to go get a chance to win a ring? I, well, I don't think it's. Since he's leaving after this year, I don't think it was very imperative that he left. Right. Like, it was like, you didn't have to buy him out. Right. But now that you did buy him out, now you're not required to start him. Right. Which now you can start whether D. Rose or Tim Frazier or whoever. Yeah. Point guard Derek Walton. Or Derek Walton yeah. or whatever. Like, you have all these other point guards that you're trying to test out. Right. Because now you're in the part of the season where you're playing meaningful games but you're also just testing things out. Right. Like yeah. you're playing regular season. It's you're like, playing really you're playing meaningful games in the sense that you want to see your young guys play well, but you still want to lose by two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where like it's like in the NFL season yeah. when you're like out of it, you're like, yeah. all right, now we're gonna put all of our rookies in. Right. Because see we have. Because yeah. like they're regular season games that matter, yeah. but like you're not gonna do anything. The Pistons right. aren't gonna make a playoff run now. No. So at that point now you can put in you can have Seku playing big minutes now. Right. You can have Tim Frazier and Derek Walton playing and right. Luke Kennard starting. You can have all all these guys, your pieces mm-hmm. start playing and getting better mm-hmm. and start developing and practicing a little more. Right. And right. with Reggie there, that's just taking a slot away from somebody. For sure. Thoughts on Reggie as a piston, right? When he, when he first got brought over by Oklahoma, from Oklahoma City, everybody thought, wow, this could be like our point guard of the yeah. future. Like this, you know, young guy, he's, you know, the sixth man for Oklahoma, a good Oklahoma City team, right? Yeah. Couldn't get enough minutes because Westbrook's a machine. Um, he comes here, his first year and a half, I thought he played really well, yeah. you know, for us. He gets that max contract. That's when stuff, I, I don't. I never felt he was ever truly 100% healthy mm-hmm. a good majority of the time he was here, which I think hindered him. We made a couple of playoff, you know, runs with him, you know, I guess if you can say that, getting swept both times. But yeah. regardless, um, you know, thoughts on his tenure as a Piston, I mean, is it something that you thought, you know, Looking back on it, you're like, all right, it was worth the risk of bringing him here, or was it just a total waste of time and we wasted $80 billion? <laughs> um, I don't think it was a waste because you did get to the playoffs twice, and yeah. you can argue if you get there with or without him, but having a good point guard always helps you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you got swept both times, you still got there. I yeah, guess right. That's one of those things where it's like, at least you can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very good for us for, I would say, about two years. Yeah. I think these last three years, he was in and out with injuries. The and injuries really zapped yeah. him. I think when he, was, when he was playing, yeah. I think he was, besides some late game stuff in playoff games, right. where he would want to be like more the ball guy. dominant. Yeah, the guy. You're you really like, what are you doing? the guy <laughs> in some of those instances. Yeah. But besides that, those points, I think he was just very consistent over mm-hmm. the regular seasons mm-hmm. that he did play when he was healthy. Yeah. So thanks for being a piston and yeah. I hope you you're healthy and hope go you lose far <laughs> hope you lose to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> In yeah, exactly. The, in, the, in the conference championship game, <laughs> it's weird to think that just a couple years ago, right? We had the, you know, okay, we have Reggie, we got Drummond, you know, that's going to be the combination, yeah, you know, with the pick be... and rolls, and that's going to be the foundation for the future. And within a matter of two weeks, they're both gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk here just for a second about the, the where this team is at now, right? Clearly, they've embraced the tank, right? Yes. They've they knew going in, all right, D Rose is in that lineup. Blake's out the whole year. Kennard's probably not going to play much the rest of the season, right? 
Um, we don't want to keep Drummond. We don't want to do these things. You know, we want to get out of this salary cap hell that we're in. You know, so and they've done that right to their credit. They've allowed themselves. You know, even if they don't go get anybody next year, which I kind of hope they don't. I hope they wait for the 2021 free agency class where, you know, Giannis and Braun and, yeah. and, 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 you know, all those LeBron. I mean, LeBron's not coming to Detroit, obviously. But the point being is that if you have the money to yeah. do it, you know, at least you can be in those conversations. Um, but, you know, they've embraced the tank. Um, are you finally, are you happy to see that? Are you finally happy to see that, okay, we have a direction. They kind of have a plan, clearly, right? Yeah. They're taking out all these veterans. They're saying, all right, every young guy we have, we're going to put out there, we'll see what we got, and we're going to try to be as good, bad as possible yeah. in order to get the highest draft pick possible in order to hopefully land a star, yeah. a true star. Well, that's... That's what I've been hoping they would do for the last like three years, right? And they but, finally, I think, and then now they're to finally it, right? committed to it. Yeah. Where I think if, if and it all comes down to if they can uh, look at their talent and go, this is who we need, this is who we don't need. Right. I don't think they're very good at that. Is right. you keep guys too long that you don't need, yeah. and you get rid of guys that you might need later. Right. Um. But I do think that if say like hypothetically like Christian Woods great right. and he can be your starting four or five right. and you've got Luke Kennard who's a very solid shooter at two right. and Seku really develops into something. You right. have some of these core pieces Where hopefully you can tank young guys, right. These young guys you can tank again, you can maybe get a high lottery pick yep. the next two years. Then in that twenty twenty one free agency, you can really sell the fact that you go, we have Seku, we have Kennard who can shoot, mm-hmm. we have a point guard yeah, Possibly. whoever they draft. And right. we have Christian Wood, who's a very good big. Right. All we need is... You. Jimmy Butler. Or right. Yeah, name right. A, yeah. Name Gordon like Hayward. Gordon whoever. Hayward. Right. Yeah. Whatever. We need you to be the vocal center star of right. the team. Yeah. You have all Blake's the on his way him. out. We're waiting for that to end. Yes. Right? Because I ain't going to But that's going right? to end going right. into that 2021 season, too. Right. Yeah. Because he only has that two years left. So then you can go, we have all this money. We will give you a match. We'll give you what... We just need you yeah. as the star. Mm-hmm. And I think you could really sell... There's no one like LeBron or Giannis will no, probably come here. But I think not. you can sell it to like a Jimmy Butler, yeah. Gordon Hayward. Those guys where you can go, I need you to be the star for like a year or two. Right. To yeah. just come here and be right. that guy. And I think too, you know, you look at every Piston team that we've that's ever been any sort of successful, right? Yeah. You know, outside of Isaiah, you've never really had a true like, wow, he is a star. Yeah. Like a true perennial star. Like Chauncey was really good. Big Ben was really good, right? Mahorn had years where he was phenomenal. But... They never had a like. They never had a LeBron or a yeah. Jordan or a or a Kawhi. They never had that guy. It was a collection of five to eight guys that you could swap interchangeably and go. And it was a solid team. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're legitimately the only franchise when you look back at it now where you go outside of maybe that Dallas team that beat the Heat where you go they didn't like have like a true like because Dirk at that point was kind of at the tail end of his career, you know what I mean? So I felt like they didn't have, you know, they're the only team in history in the past, I don't know, 20 years where you go, yeah, they were all good together. Individually, yeah. they were fine, yeah. but they were great together, together yeah. you know what I mean? It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, you know, I mean, what are their chances right now? Have you, I mean, do you think that, do we get lucky and get a top three pick or are we, st- I think the last um, thing I thought were like a number seven. Yeah, so we would, um, we at this point we would have five balls mm-hmm. in the tumbling thing, mm-hmm. so I don't. I get I, statistically those aren't very good odds. I guess <laughs> like it's five and what I think like a hundred balls you could put in, so like a five and a hundred shot to gain the number one pick or whatever right. it would be. Yeah, but at that point, 
at least the worse you can get, the more balls you can get, which means a higher pick you can get. Maybe you can get lucky and be like the Lakers, where you get two balls put in, and you're the number four pick because one of them gets drawn to number four. Right. Like right. I mean, it's all. Or be like the Magic that year that they you know they drafted Shaq one year and then they drafted Chris Webber the next yeah, and yeah. then they traded him to get Penny Hardaway. So yeah. you know stuff like that obviously can happen. It's never happened for Detroit, but not really. Though. Boy, do I wish it would. Um. But yeah, I, I I'm glad to see that I feel like there's a direction. You know, I felt like for the longest time we've kind of just been sitting at this being an average basketball team where you're not making a run. You may make the playoffs, but that's that's about it. Well, that that was been my problem with the yeah. Pistons is you're just staying stagnant. Yeah, you're in purgatory. Yeah, in yeah. purgatory. Yeah, and I'm like. I either want to see you like tank for two years and be the Sixers and then get really good, yeah. or 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 go do something, or go do yeah, something, yeah, right. go make you some need, trades, yeah. And, yeah. like trade Reggie and Drummond and get a big name guy here so you right. can like do something. Like you gotta do something. Right. Then you just stay here. You're gonna be 500 for 10 years, right? And always be a first round exit. Exactly, and, and we've had previous regimes too, like the Blake the Blake Griffin trade and stuff, where you sign guys thinking, okay, maybe this will kind of put us over. In reality, it puts you over to being an eight seed. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't get you enough to where you thought, okay, the the amount that you gave up is not you know is not nearly yeah, the amount that you needed to get where you need, you know where you need where to you go need to obviously so all right after the break we're going to be talking a lot of lions news here lots of some cuts some re-signings we got a merc zone mock draft my favorite part of the show and then we're going to talk AEW revolution we're going to preview that card and we're going to review NXT takeover what was it Portland Portland, Portland. there we go sure i can't remember the it's the same seven over and over and over again all that after the break stick around Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. And last week, we gave you guys, for the first time ever, a no-commercial show. Sorry, that's not happening this week. we got to remind you guys once again that we are live every single Monday, 7 a.m., SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there, I promise you. We're also on YouTube every single week, Wednesdays at 7 a.m., be sure to make sure that you guys have that button subscribed. You got the little ring, you got the bell to let you know every time a new video goes up. And make sure you guys are checking back every single week because you never know when a quick hitter episode is coming. Your guys' is way, me and Mike are tr- constantly trying to figure out ways to bring you guys the best content, the most detailed content about not only Detroit sports, but the world of sports in general. We genuinely appreciate the support. Make sure you guys go to imoisrightpc.com. Subscribe to our contact list. We don't send out emails. We don't fill your inbox with spam. We just want you guys to be a part of the IAR family. We want you guys to submit your show topic ideas. We'd love to have some of you guys possibly on the show. You never know what can happen with us here. We always are looking to make new and great ideas for each and every one of you to make sure that you guys are getting the best possible content for yourselves. We're not trying to waste your time. We're just trying to give you guys the very best in podcasting, and we think we do that on a week-to-week basis. So once again, thank you for the support. I'm always right, PC.com. Make sure you go there, check out all the latest news about the show. And we're live every single Monday, 7 a.m. for you podcast listeners. Now, here's part two of this week's episode. Hello, welcome back to the second part of episode 64, 65, I think we're on 65 now. Um, oh, you keep track of that. I know, I, I do. I, I forget literally every week. I, like, I, I go back and when I edit the show and everything, I go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, we're on that one, right? Um, Let's just jump right in, though. Lions news. You know, I feel like we haven't really touched on the Lions a ton. We always do the mock draft, obviously, but current state of the roster, you know, we've been talking about how big of an offseason this is, and I really can't stress that enough of how big this offseason is. I feel like every offseason's big, 
But for whatever reason, you know, we're, we're you know less than a month away from free agency kicking off, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're you know a couple months away. The combine is starting here pretty soon. We've got a lot of different stuff happening. You know, you got trade talks coming about. Um, but I want to talk about some of the recent transactions the Lions have made. Um, let's start off with Damon Snacks Harrison, right? We we talked about him at the end of the regular season while he thought maybe this would be his last year. Turns out it's not going to be his last year, but it ain't going to be with Detroit. They've officially released him. About a $5 million dead cap hit, but they're also going to save about $6.7 million on the salary cap this year. So, you know, you, you've created a little more cap space. However, now you've got a gaping hole in that defensive line now, you don't have Mike Daniels re-signed yet. I don't know if he's coming back yet. Um, you, you've got Romeo Aquara, you got Deshaun Hand, and you got Trey Flowers, and that's about it right now. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the Lions mutually agreeing to part ways with Snacks? Um, I didn't really mind because I think he was kind of getting to that point where he was getting a little more injury prone yeah. and he wasn't being as productive as he was when mm-hmm. we originally got him. Yeah. So I think it was kind of that time to kind of slowly let him go. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he, we were going to actually let him go this year, yeah. but that we did. I don't hate the move, but yeah. I also don't like love the move because we don't really have anyone set in stone right, right. behind him. Right, exactly. Now, so with that, that being said, right, like I said, we the defensive line now, it once again becomes another position of need for this team, right? You need another pass rusher. You need another corner, if not two. You need, you know, you need help on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. desperately right now. And your mind, looking at the three, three, you know, whether it's the secondary, whether it's the linebacking crew, or it's the defensive line, with snacks gone now, does that put defensive line for you as top priority? You know, maybe not, just maybe not in the draft per se, but just yeah. you know, in, in general, like you know, they need to go sign a new defensive tackle, yeah. like desperately in the first first couple of days of free agency. Well, yes, because I think D line's the only one you actually need immediately. Yeah, I think defensive backs, if you have Slay there, I think your safeties are fine. And mm-hmm. with Slay there and Coleman, you only yeah. need one corner, mm-hmm. which you can find in a mid draft pick. Right. Maybe and you or, have a warrior, and you have your warrior, and yeah. you have a couple yeah. guys that yeah. are there, right. so mm-hmm. you can use yeah. if need be. And your linebacking crew, you don't really need another one, yeah. but it'd be nice to maybe upgrade. Yeah. If you got like an Isaiah Simmons, like just upgrade one of right, those right. positions. Yep. But you don't really need another one. Yes. Defense line, I think you don't even have a you don't have bodies right now yeah you just don't have the bodies to be there (laughs) so you just need to get a few bodies at least i think you could roll with trey fowler sean han romeo like i think that's fine yeah but i think you just need a a more of a rotation because you can't just go with those three guys right now i know i know some people were kind of upset that they that they let snacks go um i do think that you know with asia not being signed they do have that defensive tackle slash end from clemson that they they drafted to uh in the fourth round last year austin bryant there you go thank you but at the same time you know what they need from Snacks, I don't think he was given them last year, right? Yeah. You know, when he got when he brought, got brought over from New York, you immediately saw an, an uptick in the run defense, like immediately, like yeah. it, all of a sudden it was like, holy crap, we can stop the run. And then this year, him not being a hundred percent, right? The D line, it, it really felt like the D line going into last season was a strength, and then injuries hit him hard, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like none of that panned out the yeah. way we had all hoped. Um, you know, I, I do think it's a big hole that we're going to need to fill pretty quickly here. 
Um, the defensive tackle, I think his last name is Redding uh, from the Texans, I think has been somebody that's been mentioned that the Lions should desperately go after a young guy who would kind of fill that role. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking, you're not looking for an Indomitian Sue type guy. I think people sometimes see defensive tackle, especially in Detroit, and they immediately go to Sue because he was the best defense tackle we've ever had. Yeah. But in this defense, that's not really what we're after. We're after a Vince Wilfork type of guy. You know, that's why a guy like Danny Shelton, I would not be surprised if they signed, you know, in the later parts of free agency just because he's a big dude, covers both A-gaps, you know what I mean? He's headed up on the center every play, and he's trying to, you know, just plug holes. You know, that kind of guy is more what they're after, I think, you know, you know, historically, and what New England's done, and now what we've done is have a big body in the middle of that defense, right? I don't think Ashawn gets brought back because I don't think he stops the run very well, and I don't think he rushes the passer very well. So, if you don't do either one of those well for me, I don't know where you're going to be at. Um, now let's talk about the big re-signing. I guess you can call it big. You know, Danny Amendola gets re-signed to a one-year deal, right? Actually played pretty well in the slot for them. I think he had around 65 catches for around 700 yards receiving, a couple touchdowns. Um, kind of what your slot guy does yeah. for the most part. Um you know, obviously great leader in the locker room, knows what they are trying to accomplish from his days in New England. You know, good locker room voice. Uh, was kind of developing some chemistry with Stafford there, you know, before Stafford went down. Thoughts on Amendola coming back, you know, for year 13? I think it's good because I think he plays the slot well. Yeah. And it also is... Now you don't need you don't need a receiver. Yeah, like you don't need. I still find. think they need to draft his replacement this well, year. Well, yes, yeah. but I also agree that you could either do it this year. But now that you have him, you could also right. look at next Wait, year. Yeah, right. Like if you're like we need an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. you don't need a wide receiver. Right. Because I also think Marvin Hall on the slide is very good too. Yeah. The the rookie kid mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. that played yeah. last year a little bit. He's also very good too. So I think you can also maybe use mm-hmm. him a little bit. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's really a position of need anymore. Do you want to upgrade that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because Marvin's probably going to leave and you're going to have to re-sign Gallaudet and Amendola will probably leave. Yeah. So you're going to lose two probably next yeah. year. Right. But right. as of this second, I think you're good going into this season. Right. Especially because this season is a, like, make the playoff or be very good or your fired season. <laughs> you really need to make sure that that receiving core is, yeah. is set in stone. Absolutely right. I, I'm I'm still very much, especially with the depth of wide receiver in this draft, I think they could easily find one third, oh, you, fourth yeah, round, you could, and yeah, you could definitely. do that, you know what I mean, and address some needs. I am so freaking excited. We have to do a couple weeks from now. we got to do a free agency preview. we got to get it out there because to say that I am so hyped for free agency is – Redonkey. I know you're just like, yeah, it's whatever, it's, but it's really I am so excited. I love that, like, that's the best part of the year for me is this and the draft because it's like, it's like all the different pieces, you know. It's kind of like when the new Madden comes out and you're like, oh, I get to see the new team and yeah. like, you know, everything else. That's in my mind is how I'm playing it. I'm just, it's extremely, extremely exciting for me to see how people's, you know, perceptions of the draft change after free agency, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a big thing. Um, quick question here before we go to the mock draft, though. How worried are you that this new CBA deal doesn't get done? How worried am I that it doesn't get done? That it doesn't get done, that we're going to a lockout after next season. Um, I would be a little worried because the players hate it. Yeah, and yeah, like, I know. And, like, the players hate it. The, all the big-name players, at least, yeah. like J.J. Watt. Watts is, and all yeah, of them hate yeah. it. <laughs> I actually, like, as a consumer, yeah. big fan. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't even know about expanding this regular season, but right. I think adding another playoff team yeah. on each side yeah. just makes 
it makes the regular season feel even that much more important because right. now you're fighting for the one seed. It's not like oh, be the top two. Right now you have to be the number one or you don't get that buy. Right, and not of not a lot of the matchups change. Like mm-hmm. when you looked at it, like. The seventh seed, the seventh seed gets added, mm-hmm. and then the number two just plays the number seven, right. which more likely than not, the number two, two wins, wins that anyway. Game anyway, right. yeah. but and basically gets a bye. Yeah, but I just think it's it's more playoff football, and it's it's just a yeah. lot more. And I think like, too, effort. You know, I do think it sets up, um, you know, possible upsets. This year, I think is I think is a big catalyst for team the owners that want that extension in yeah. the playoffs. It's like, hey, uh, you know, we had Tennessee versus Kansas City in the you know. In the AC Championship game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, you know, no New England, no Baltimore. You had these two guys, yeah. you know, go at it. You know, we had some big upsets, you know, in this. So I think, you know, it's interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see if they can get it done before the new league year starts. That's definitely something that we need to monitor as time goes on. I think the vote on. is on Tuesday. Is it to, is it to actually so. go for it? I know the I owners so. or the voted owners to vote. delay it. Uh, this last week, I think they have a vote to kind of say, all right, do we propose this to uh, yeah, the players' I association? I heard something about Tuesday. Yeah. Or next Tuesday, it's going to right. So there's some, there's some, you know, I think it's more about the revenue sharing as well as it you is, know increased yeah. cap, you know, because you know you're putting extra games out there. The players want to be compensated for those extra games, which I don't, I don't necessarily blame them either. You know, there's some good stuff. We'll talk about that another time, especially if we do go into a lockout, possible lockout situation. Um, but all right, let's just jump right into though to another edition of the Mercs on Mock Draft. It's my favorite part of every show. You know, it just gets me more excited for the future and next season. You know, we've got the XFL, which is really kept calming my nerves a little bit, especially since yeah. I think we chose right with our team. Well, I think we did. Those I, I think we chose very well. Yeah, I, th- I, I think we chose Houston. I think we'd be like on top of the world. Actually, you know what though? I'm glad we didn't because I think that I think our Battle Hawks can beat them. I think if I we do don't too. Get, I think I'm like I. I think like of all the teams, I think we have the highest possible ceiling. We got the youngest quarterback and everything. Like yeah, I think if this is heavy. like a prolonged league, I think yeah, because I, I think I think that Houston guy gets picked up by some of the NFL, yeah, yeah, but no one's sure. like Jordan Tom, but no one's gonna pick him yeah, up. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm very so interested to see where it goes. Okay, <laughs> Sorry, a little bit XFL action for you guys, but it gets exciting. You know, it's it, honestly it's just making me really like I'm like all right, yeah, I'm ready for our football season to start back up again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our so let's fun. right. All right, so let's go to um, yeah. Let's go to the mock draft. Who's this mock draft by? When was it published? All that good jazz. Um, so this one is from NFL.com by Chad Ruder. Okay. Draft analysis analysis, and it was updated February twenty first. Okay, at so six fifty four p.m. Okay, a couple days ago. Okay, we have exact timing on this. Exact timing. Uh, there are possible trades, so when you're guessing, oh. you can you can guess with trades. Oh also. boy! Okay. Does it say compensation? In yes, this? it does. It does. Oh wow! That's I have nice. I have exact compensation for everything. Damn! That's happening. All right, he went he went full yeah. on. Uh, it's only three rounds. Okay. So okay. first no, first pick, Joe Burrow. Yep, to right. Bengals that doesn't change. Okay. And Chase Young to the Washington does not change. Does not change. Okay, no. that was gonna be my first question. Is that theoretically, you know, we've we've talked about this already, but Chase Young obviously getting. Dropping down to third for Detroit, that would be an ideal situation. All right, so I'm going to say that we trade out a three with Miami and swap picks there. Is that what's happening? That is what's happening. Fantastic. Couldn't and be it says <laughs> that the Lions will receive their number 26 pick, okay. their second round pick, yeah. and an early 2021 pick. 
Damn, I'd, I'd be thrilled with that. So you said their first pick, so 26, so and we're the getting, second round so, pick? Yeah, so we get number five, oh, yeah. we're getting number 26, yep. and we're getting their second round, which is like, See, that is which ideal. Is like 50 something. That is ideal right there, guys. Now, that is probably one of the better scenarios, right? And in early 2021, right? Even if that's a third, right? Yeah. This is a big deal, because, and here's why. If you are Bob Quinn and you are Matt Patricia, right? You need as much ammunition at the top of this draft as possible. So to have four picks, within the first 60 is huge. Mm-hmm. Is absolutely ginormous for you. I cannot stress that enough. Having a high second having two high second round picks, right? Being able to do that and being able to kind of get three to four positions of need is extremely invaluable. That's why you could take say you take Okuda in the first, right? Second round you take an offensive lineman Third round, you can still take a in the second round or first round, you can take a wide receiver or second round. There's so many different variables there at that point. You can possibly get uh, Jeff Okuda and get that defensive end from Iowa in the same in the same round. You've addressed two positions of need now in a matter of 20 picks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So extremely interesting that. So three. Let's just jump back into the into the draft here. We don't give up any other picks, right? We just give up number three. The Lions yeah, we're just, giving, we're just giving a three. Okay, so Miami trades up, then gets Tua. Yes. yes. Okay, so they. So draft now we're Tua. staying at number four. Yep. And what happens with the, the Giants? Giants? I'm gonna say they go offensive line and they take uh, the guy. Was it Jonah Williams out of uh, Alabama? See, this one might shock you. So now the Chargers trade up with the Giants. Oh, here. interesting. So the Giants will receive a third round pick uh-huh. and a 2021 second round pick to go down to six. Wow. And the Chargers go up to number four to get Justin Herbert. Okay, so that's interesting. So that must mean that for whatever reason they think that Detroit is still interested, In or or they are afraid that Carolina might try to might jump. try to jump them and switch with the Giants. Yeah, that so that would be the two things for me that kind of are red flags that would go there. That so we either have way works out great. Three quarterbacks in the top four of this draft. Doesn't shock me, honestly. It's it's what always happens. And then number five, the yep. Lions will be up after their trade, and they will pick. I'm going to say they still pick Okuda, though. They do still pick Okuda. Yeah, right, and I think that's probably the best case scenario. You know, we, we've talked already, you know, someone at nausea about the Darius Slay stuff and what they could possibly get for him, right? Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of starting because nothing has progressed really. I'm almost kind of starting to lean a little bit like a 59 to 49 percent of like 51 percent thinking that they somehow get a deal done. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it's just kind of like a gut feeling for me. Um, but if they don't and they trade him, then you desperately need to get a corner like now. So yeah. especially if you don't re-sign a big name in free agency like Byron Jones. So Okuda, I like the pick, right? Yeah. So six then is the Giants, right? Yeah. Are they still taking offensive tackle then? They take uh, Mecky Becton out of out of Louisville. Out of Louisville, okay, yeah, tackle. right. They have no, there's there's, there's three, line. right? There's the one from Bama, there's one from Louisville, and I think there's one from Georgia too that I think have all kind yes. of interchangeably. Kind of yeah. yeah, okay. Um, so we're going to go down the Lions pick by some right. notable names. Yep. So Derek Brown goes 7 to Carolina. Yep. Uh, C.D. Lamb goes 11 to Denver. Okay. And Jerry Judy goes 12 to the Raiders. Where, then, where's Isaiah Simmons go? Uh, Isaiah Simmons goes 9 to Jacksonville. Dude, that's crazy. Dude, that, how many linebackers do they got? Dude? A lot. Good And Lord. unfortunately for us, A.J. Epinesa will go 14 to Tampa Bay. 
so he won't be available. Oh, okay, the, the Iowa guy. The, so yeah, okay. So he won't be available when we're picking later. And that's I'm guessing that's an assuming that Lawson leaves Tampa. That's yes. that's what I feel like is there is that he's not he's gonna go get paid somewhere else. So they they go draft another. So pass now rusher. we have the number twenty six pick from the Dolphins. All right. Who so do you th- where do you think we go with the twenty six overall pick? Here's the thing. Now, so now you're you're once again you're in the back half of the first round. You've got another pick coming up really quickly in the first in the beginning of the second. Um, you're you're kind of at this point almost like best player available in a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Um, do I think they could go offensive line here? Yes. Um, do I really kind of want to go wide receiver just a little bit? Yes. Just based off what I'm seeing. So I'm going to say wide receiver and I'm going to say it's Ruggs out of Bama. Actually, you were right with the position. Really? I didn't tell you. Ruggs went like four picks early. Oh, he did? Okay. Because I, I just know he's fast as yeah, hell. <laughs> but they do pick T. Higgins out of Clemson. All right. I ain't mad about that. I ain't mad about that. And the slightest. And and here's the thing, guys. And I think here's what people need to realize, too. You may not think wide receivers a need, but Amadol is back on a one-year deal, right? Marvin Jones could theoretically be a cap guy where they cut, right? Just just a thought. Galladay's going to get paid, or at least he better be get paid. After that, name another. Maybe Marvin Hall, right? Maybe he is something. But after that, you got a whole bunch of nothing behind those guys at wide receiver. We saw that in the last couple games. Marvin wasn't in. Galladay was in that lineup. Amendola wasn't there all the time. You didn't have anything. So you need to go get a guy. You need more playmakers. End of the day, that's what you need. Playmakers. So I don't. I'm not mad about that. All right. Who are the guys right around that though on the defensive side of the ball who go around that that same time frame? About the late first round. Yeah, late first round pick. Anybody else in there? That's you um. Know? So we have a. Let me go check real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trevon Diggs corner goes yep. right before, but uh-huh. that would be uh Uter Gross Matos, the Penn State edge rusher. Yep. Goes two picks later to okay. Baltimore. Okay. And Patrick Queen linebacker from LSU goes thirty to the Packers. Did Grant Delpit go yet? He goes to 31 to the 49ers. Okay, see, that's a guy, too, that I wouldn't be shocked to see them go. I know safety doesn't look like a position to me, but once again, guys, Will Harris, you know, he's a third-round pick. Yeah, but, you know, Tracy Walker and then Tavon Wilson's, you know, he could be coming back, but another playmaker, yep. right? At the end of the day, that's what it is, is a playmaker. All right, let's go to the second round. Second round, so we're going to go early second round. Yeah. We have pick number 35. I think they go in, I think they go offensive lineman here, and I don't I don't have a guy, so I'm going to say that Cuisenberry guy. I think okay. the interior offensive lineman. Uh, you're actually on the wrong side of the ball. Damn. They go edge rusher. Okay. They will pick Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Okay, He's yeah. He's a senior red yeah, shirt see, edge I got rusher. No, yeah, I got nothing on that. But once again, though, another position of need, right? If... If they make that trade, I'm not going to be mad. Mm-hmm. I'm really not going to be mad. Especially if we throw in the variable that possibly Slay is not a Lion and they say they get a number two. Mm-hmm. Now you have three second-round picks in this scenario. It ain't bad, guys. Yep. It ain't bad. Um, So pick number 39 goes to the Dolphins. They pick Jonathan Taylor later in the draft. Okay. And uh, I have one more. Yeah. I was say. Oh, the Bucks take J.K. Dobbins at forty-five, Damn. right before our pick. Oh. So we pick. We're picking number fifty-six. Okay, that was the other one that right. we got from the Dolphins. Right. Where do you think they go here? Yeesh. Is Antoine Winfield Jr. still available, or is he gone? He is still He's available. still there. I'm going to say that's the pick. You are exactly dead <laughs> on with that pick. <laughs> what are the odds of that one? Huh? Yep. I got a late he second got, round. He gets down. picked late second round. Yeah, that doesn't show. Once again, safety, right? You know, playmaking kind of guy, right? You need more playmakers on the defensive and offensive side of the ball. At the end of the day, that's what you've done right here. You went and got all right. The, the besides the defensive effort, I don't know a ton about it. I'm not going to lie and say that I do. But regardless, 
You know, you get Okuda, right? He's your cor- he's your starting man-to-man press corner of the future, right? You go get a playmaking wide receiver that can be your number four at the beginning and will probably wind up being your number two, right? Then you go get an edge rusher that you think probably fits your scheme for whatever reason, right? You can probably take Aquara's spot and make Aquara a rotational DN that you'd prefer him to be instead of a starter. And then you go get a playmaking safety in the secondary. So you refurbish your secondary, you refurbish your defensive line a little bit, and then you've also get a playmaking wide receiver all in four picks and you yep. drop and you drop down two spots and still got the same guy you probably would have taken at three mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the outlook there yep and just so you yeah. know the early third round pick that they pick yeah. is Salomon Kinley offensive guard out of Georgia love it perfect perfect absolutely perfect that if that's the way it breaks down like that I don't know about that second round pick to, to the Wisconsin guy I don't know enough about him to mm-hmm. be like yay or nay but outside of that I love it. That's a that's a great that's a great draft. Once again, third round, high third round pick. He slides right in, especially if you don't re-sign Glasgow and you don't re-sign Kenny Wiggins. You got Joe Dahl, you got him. I love it. That's a great draft. That's a great find, by the way. I like that one. You got me excited. I'm ready for the draft too, yeah. man. I'm see all next right. week. I'll just get you one. That's I know that so where they draft angry. where they draft Tua and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, we got to talk about that too because we've seen some analysts come out here and talking about taking Tua again. And it's pissing me off a little bit but we'll we'll talk about that maybe next week or so but all right let's jump right in now let's jump to the wrestling you know we kind of been putting wrestling at the back half of these shows so you know if you're a wrestling fan thanks for sticking with us if you're not a wrestling fan that's okay maybe stick around learn something um let's talk nxt takeover first right okay. you know new champion new tag champs right yep. you know we've got you know broser weights or whatever matt riddle and pete dunn win the tag titles from the unspeeded era adam cole retains over champa after gargano turns and of course keith lee returns over dijak and uh ripley retained over yes. bianca belair oh, setting up happened. setting up the match with mania best match on the card uh the tag match really by okay far was okay match. i wasn't I was a little surprised by that why? Well, I thought I thought you'd go. I thought you'd go Champa Cole, honestly. No, because I didn't like the ending at right? all. Right? No, like, no, not. At okay, all. well, all right. Well, give me why you like the tag match. Then let's talk okay. Champa Cole. I, I don't know. It's just one of their classic NXT tag matches. Oh yeah, where for sure. you just have balls to the walls for mm-hmm. like twenty five minutes, and mm-hmm. they do all their cool spots. And uh, at the end, it was like everyone knew that Broserweights were going to win because right. it's like right. the storyline that they're telling right now. Right. But it was just a very good match. Yeah, I thought it was general. good. I thought it was really well done. If if they only problem I have. Is I don't like when two singles guys become a tag team and immediately win the tag toes. That's my only critique. Now, if they're going to be a team for the next six, eight months, whatever, different story. I but, imagine they will be. But if too. they're not, I'm going to be kind of annoyed yeah. because I feel like they just put together two guys they thought could beat the era to take the titles off them. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk Champa Cole. The yes. big, the big stuff coming the big out of there, match. right? You know, I, I I understand why you didn't like it, I think. Tell me why you didn't like okay. the ending. Because okay. I think I'm on the same wavelength with you, but I want to make sure. Okay, so I like the first 28 minutes. So that's <laughs> what, like, 34 minutes, right? The first 28 minutes, I had, I had just like, no problems with it right. at all. Right. I would say this is a fantastic match. Now, going in, I know Cole's winning the match. Right. And I know they're going to screw him over. Right. I think the problem I have is for the past month and a half, you set up... Champa as he's like a loner, but he has friends. Right. And it's like the broserweights are kind of mm-hmm. feuding. Velveteen just came back. Right. So you have all these guys that are like hate the arrow so much mm-hmm. that they don't want any of them to win ever. Mm-hmm. So Champa's in this match and the arrow comes out and they Nobody start interviewing and not a single person comes to help him. Yeah. 
And I'm like, realistically, you could have still done it where right. they're or, starting or, to interfere. And Gargano interfere, still turns. And Gargano right. still turns. But you could have Velveteen and the Brozoweights come out mm-hmm. to attack and like help like even the odds before Gargano right. comes out to interfere. Right. I think that was my only gripe. It's not really a gripe with well, like yeah, I the think, match right. itself. I just like the storytelling right. of it where I go, and I think, where is everybody? And I think what happens in that case, right, is they wanted to make Champa look as strong as possible. Oh, yeah, right? by beating everybody. What, right. I I, agree. It, which I don't like because then you make the era who's been your champions for the past year yeah. look terrible, right? Yes. I, I'm agreeing with you. The only other thing I would say too, I did not I don't like when people kick out of each other's finishers after the second one. The first if if Champa hits me with that double arm, you know, flat whatever thing he does, right? Yeah. He hits me with that or Project Champa and Cole kicks out, right? Fine. First time. Yeah. Fine. He hits me a second time, mm-hmm. you better be dead. Yeah. Cole hits you with you know with the last shot yeah. and you kick out first time, I'm cool. The second time, yeah. no, you're done. Because mm-hmm. Rattle didn't kick out. Pete Dunn didn't kick out. Balor didn't kick out. None, Gargano didn't kick None of these guys kick out. Mm-hmm. But now Champa does. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my only... That was another gripe. I agree with you, but I also didn't like the fact that it took us so much longer no, yeah. to get to I think there. the match was too long. Yes, like, I think yes. You could have cut it at 28 minutes yeah. and just and did everything you wanted to do and mm-hmm. been fine. Yeah. yeah. So those are my, that's why I don't put that match yes. as the best. I think it's I, I the agree. second that's, best match on the card. Yeah. I just yeah. think the tag match like with no interference or straight up tag match was better. Yep. That match was good for the first 28 minutes. Yes. Like great, I was invested. Grade the show. I, uh, um... B minus. B minus. Because okay. I did not like the women's finish. The, yeah, I didn't like the it main either. event finish. I didn't either. Because I was just like, oh, it, it came out so far out of left field. Mm-hmm. That was like, mm-hmm. what was that? Mm-hmm. The Keith Lee match was very good. Um, but once again, you knew what was happening. Dodge had knew, no chance yeah, of winning. I didn't like that finish either. Honestly, yeah, and that finish was okay. Yeah. The street fight was fine at best. Yeah, I turned and it off. Gargano and um, Balor, you knew and Balor, you, you knew what was going to happen. Right. and it's a solid match. But yeah. at the same time, it, like, it, it really felt like a setup pay per view to yeah. get us to the main. It was one. the fast lane. Of yes, exactly. NXT Takeover. Uh-huh. To get to you didn't need this show. You really no. didn't need this show, honestly. You could have just put this on a big NXT. Yep, you could have done it two weeks worth of NXT paper, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's talk AEW, though, real fast before we close the show. We are going to be there in Chicago, yes, Mike. Will. Look for us on camera. I think we're on the hard camera side, so I think that we'll actually be uh, facing the camera. Tickets, so. I did, so. Well, we are going to be there live and in living color, you know, not in first row like I wanted to be because pre-sale sucks. But anyway, point being, we're going to be there, right, in Chicago, live, AEW Revolution, second ever pay-per-view they've ever done. Um, thoughts on the cards so far? What are you looking forward to the most? Um, I am most looking forward to Cody and MJF the okay. most. Like, okay. I think it's, like, by far. Yeah. Um. I, I'm fine with the Moxley inner circle stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's... I, I feel like the match won't be very good. I don't think it's going to be very good either. I think like, it's going to be a lot of interference. A lot of interference. Jericho's going to retain, and it's just going to be like, okay. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> like, that just happened. Yeah. The tag match, I'm expecting some weird stuff, and maybe a title change there if you're going to have one. Yeah, if, 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 if Hangman, Hangman or like, somebody turn turns. Or something. Yeah. And then you have Dustin and Jake Hager having his debut match, so you know who's probably going to win that one yeah. as a debut match. Right. And those are the only four matches you have announced as right. of... Sunday, yeah, the 22nd, 23rd. 23rd, yeah. Those are the only four matches you have. I'm assuming the Lucha Bros will be on the card somewhere. Sure, and the there'll, there'll be a win, I'm sure there should be a women's, women's title, title match. match yeah. will be on there. That will probably yeah. all be announced Wednesday. Um, but as the card stands right now, I think it's Cody and MJF is so high and everything else. I'm like, it'll be good because yeah. it's AEW and all their stuff's usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be like... 
out of this world. Yeah, and I think that yeah, and I think that's the problem once again as we talked about this where you, I think you have a lot of really good long overarching stuff, but then the intermediate stuff where you're just like, okay, what well, what like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't need 12 matches on a, on a pay-per-view. No, that, cool that kills it. I'm but, cool if you have 8 just make yeah, that's eight what I said. Ones. Eight's good. I need 8 though. I got 4 right <laughs> yeah. now. And and what it feels like is okay, so say they give us another four matches on this show, right? Why do I care about those other four matches? Yeah. I've got no basis. Yeah. Even in, in, like, okay, three. If we take the women's title, they put the title online. I get that. But outside of that, what else do you have? Yeah. You've got a whole bunch of just other guys going out there and and performing to a great level. Mm-hmm. But if there's no story behind it, and I don't give a crap about why they're out there, other than wow, they had a really good match. Yeah. It doesn't mean nothing, but they had a yeah, great. The match. only reason it's going to matter if it, if they have like Lucha Bros and someone for a number one contendership or something, right. exactly. And that's the only reason, and, and, you know. But that that's cheap to me. I feel like you know, it's like oh well, they're going to put the title on the line. Yeah. But there's no personal, you know, if you're going to put the title on the line, then it needs to be one of those things. Where it's like no, I'm coming for the title, or we want to be number one contenders for for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I was kind of like, eh. you know, I honestly thought Lucha Bros were going to take the tag titles last. last I did too. Week. I thought they were going to make a triple. Threat yeah, tag I thought or they something. were. I would legitimately because then it like, makes oh. it easier if you do like a turn. Yes. That like you can pin yes. Kenny or something exactly. and like retain yep. in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Or it, whatever. Right. Right. Like yeah, Paige gets beat because of a Kenny messes up, and, and then, then the next when time when they tagged him again, going for the rematch, they turn, they do the whole Shabazz. Yeah. But um, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you for the show? Um, I'm ex- I'm like a, I'm like a nine just to go there and experience the AEW show. But yeah. like if Our I was first like, AEW show, yeah. But yeah. if I'm just like sitting there watching the show right yeah. now, it's probably like a six. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I'm, it's like a one match card for me right now. Right. Like Cody and MJF are so far above everybody else mm-hmm. that I'm like right. Yeah, the I rest know. is kind of hard to yeah. It's be yeah. there for right, absolutely for sure. And plus, you know, Mania is coming up and everything else. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of stuff happening right now stuff, in, yeah. in the wrestling world for sure. All right, that is gonna be it for episode 64, 65, whatever we're on for the Missing Whaleman, for the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.